Hello from Toronto, Canada, and thank you for joining us for the latest edition of the Obsesby Meeting Highlights audio podcast. This podcast will cover some of the more significant issues discussed at the Obsesby's recent meeting, which took place from September the 20th to September the 23rd. I'm your host, John Stanford, Technical Director of the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board. Joining me is Ipsasby Chair Ian Carruthers, along with Ipsasby staff members Gwenda Jensen, Paul Mason and Lucy Key, who will review some of the key events from this week's meeting. Welcome to you all. Ian, could you share some general thoughts on the meeting and also say a few words about the developments on the revenue and non-exchange expenses projects? Thanks, John. Yes, I think we've had a good meeting overall and we've made strong progress across a range of projects. One of the main projects we looked at was the Revenue and Non-Exchange Expenses project and we looked at a first draft of the consultation paper which was around a new structure that the board had approved in June after uh, useful input from the first meeting of the IPSASB Consultative Advisory Group. In particular, we progressed the debate about the application of the different models to the area of transfers, performance obligation model and uh, potential uh, non-exchange model based on Ipsos 23. And we also took forward the debate around non-exchange expenses, uh, thinking about the potential approaches and also uh, a little about the boundary with the uh, social benefits project. Uh, And we'll pick up a little bit more about that later. So overall, a very positive debate, and uh, we've got a a lot of points to take forward as we develop that consultation paper through to the meeting in South Africa in December. Thanks, Ian. Joining us for her first podcast appearance is its Sasby manager, Standards Development and Technical Projects, Lucy Key who's here to discuss the Ipsasby's project to update its financial instruments standards. Some of you may have already heard Lucy talk about financial instruments. Lucy has presented two webinars on the subject. They are available on the Ipsasby's website, www.ipsasb.org. Lucy, what can you tell us about the developments at this meeting? Thank you, John. The board has had a very productive discussion on the financial instruments project at this meeting, covering a large number of issues consisting of both overarching project level issues such as project approach and timeline, terminology adaptations and interactions with other standards, as well as specific issues identified in developing the exposure draft in the areas of classification, measurement and impairment. The board, through substantive discussions, had agreed with staff recommendations to remain consistent with IFRS 9 in authoritative guidance relating to the new classification and measurement framework for financial assets. The board had also supported the adoption of the expected credit loss impairment model with consideration of its applicability to public sector entities. Now, acknowledging that challenges may exist in certain jurisdictions with implementing these provisions, the board supported the staff proposal that additional public sector specific examples be developed or adapted as appropriate in a number of areas to address um, practical concerns. The board also directed staff to give further consideration to concessionary loans in the context of 
the new provisions to ensure sufficient clarity exists in the application of those provisions to common concessionary loan schemes in the public sector. An education session on hedge accounting was provided to the board in anticipation of the discussions on the hedge accounting provisions in December, highlighting the key changes to hedge accounting introduced by IFRS 9. In the area of securitization, the board had discussed securitizations in the public sector and provided direction to staff to consider narrow scope application guidance to address securitizations of future flow transactions arising from sovereign rights. Overall, very substantial progress was made on the financial instruments project at this meeting, recognizing the extent of consequential amendments that may result from the project. The timeline has been tentatively revised to June 2017 for approval of the exposure draft. Thank you for that update, Lucy. Also with us today is Ipsasby Principal Gwenda Jensen. Gwenda will tell us more about the Board's development of a consultation paper on financial reporting for heritage in the public sector. Yes, John. At this meeting, Ipsasby members discussed all six chapters of a draft consultation paper on financial reporting for heritage. They reached a preliminary view on a definition of heritage items, which distinguishes them from other phenomena for the purposes of financial reporting. Heritage items are items intended to be held indefinitely and preserved for the benefit of present and future generations because of their rarity and significance in relation to, but not limited to, their archaeological, architectural, agricultural, artistic, cultural, environmental, historical, natural, scientific, or technological features. So as you can see, the definition is very broad and very inclusive. The consultation paper will discuss the implications of these special characteristics of heritage items for the financial reporting of heritage. A critical issue here is whether heritage items could be assets for financial reporting purposes, and if so, whether they should be recognised. Chapters 3 and 4 of the consultation paper discuss this issue, and the Absasby identified ways during this meeting to improve those two chapters. It also discussed arguments for and against valuing heritage items at just one currency unit, that is, a symbolic value, and concluded that symbolic value is not consistent with the Absasby's conceptual framework. For Chapter 5 of the consultation paper, which discusses heritage-related obligations, the Absasby directed staff to streamline the discussion and focus it on whether heritage items' special characteristics have any special implications for obligations and their recognition as liabilities. Then, for the consultations paper's last and final chapter, Chapter 6, which discusses presentation of heritage-related information, the Board directed Absasby staff to take a high-level approach to presentation and discuss presentation objectives in terms of heritage-specific issues. Next steps are for staff to revise the consultation paper so that it can be resubmitted to the Board's December meeting 
for review and approval. We appreciate that update, Gwenda. I'd now like to ask Ipsasby Principal Paul Mason to tell us about the Ipsasby's discussions on the responses to its exposure draft on public sector combinations. Thanks, John. Ipsasby considered a review of responses to its ED60 public sector combinations. There were 31 responses and it's encouraging to see uh, an increasing number of responses from Africa as entities there start to adopt Ipsas's. Respondents generally supported the provisions of the ED and consequently most of the changes are going to be relatively minor. The board considered the scope of the ED and agreed not to make any changes. On the classification of public sector combinations, which has been the most difficult issue to date, the board considered the responses of the respondents and made a number of proposals to improve the wording of the ED without substantially changing the principles. On accounting for amalgamation, the board agreed to allow comparatives where entities thought this would be more useful and also to allow reserves to be carried forward rather than requiring everything to be recorded in the residual amount. Accounting for acquisitions was supported and given the relatively minor changes, the IPSASB is looking to approve the final standard on public sector combinations in December. Thank you, Paul, and particularly positive to hear that this project is now not far off completion. If I may, I'd like to turn back to Ian for some comments on those projects we haven't already covered, and also to give us some final thoughts on the meeting. Thank you, John. Uh, yes, I'll pick up on a couple of projects, in particular leases and social benefits. Now, leases uh, was originally conceived as a convergence project with IFRS 16, but as the board has begun to discuss and debate the project, it's become clear that while uh, convergence with IFRS 16 uh, is certainly appropriate in terms of lessee accounting, there are significant problems as a result of the fact that uh, in uh, the final version of IFRS 16, the ISB adopted uh, an approach uh, for lessor accounting which wasn't symmetric with the approach to lessee accounting. And when we look at that from the public sector perspective, where uh, it's quite common for um, governments when you consolidate entities to have both lessor and lessee accounting issues, um, that does start to cause problems. The board looked at that uh, during this meeting and in particular we debated um, the issue that's emerged in terms of uh, the fact that the ISB's approach for lessors in IFRS 16 uh, isn't consistent with the IPSASB's conceptual framework and also uh, with our existing standard IPSAS 32 uh, on service concessions, grant or accounting. So in looking at that, the board has made a decision that it would not be appropriate uh, to converge with lessor accounting uh, as set out in IFRS 16 and has begun to debate the various different options that exist uh, for accounting for lessors in the public sector consistent with the conceptual framework. We started that debate uh, during this meeting and it's been agreed that we will continue to look at uh, several available models specifically uh, when we get to the December meeting. The board also looked at the issues around uh, sale and leaseback transactions where IFRS 16 provides specific guidance for the first time based on uh, the linkage in with IFRS 15 accounting for revenue. Now 
given the fact that the project looking at uh, Ipsasby's existing revenue standards uh, is some uh, way behind this project, it's been agreed that it would be inappropriate to provide interim guidance on sale and leaseback transactions when the existing standard doesn't provide such specific guidance. So uh, we will be providing uh, some uh, information for constituents in the form of basis for conclusions on that, but the board has decided that guidance should wait until uh, the revenue standards are actually completed. So that was leases. Uh, social benefits, we had further discussion on that uh, leading towards uh, the exposure draft that we're planning for later on uh, in 2017. And in particular, scope for this project has been one of the challenges all the way through. And the board made good progress in terms of sharpening up the definition of social benefits uh, and how that relates to social risks. And this is clearly important in relation to the non-exchange expenditure project. And also continue consideration of the obligating event approach. Uh, and the five options that were presented uh, in the consultation paper. The board made decisions uh, in certain areas, but has, has uh, decided to continue its discussions uh, in others in terms of refining down the approaches. So we will continue our discussions in that area at the December meeting. We also, for the first time, began to consider disclosure issues around social benefits, and in particular, uh, the relationships with reporting on long-term financial sustainability. So a number of important areas in terms of the social benefits project uh, and that means that uh, we will continue our debates on those areas at the December meeting. Finally, before I finish, I might just note that uh, progress has been made on the emissions trading paper uh, that staff have been working on for a while um, in, in conjunction with the task base group and we're hoping that that paper will be published uh, fairly shortly. So overall, I think a very good and productive meeting, as you've heard, in terms of the summaries of progress against each of the projects. And we look forward to the meeting in South Africa uh, and uh, approve a number of approvals that we're anticipating at that meeting. Thank you, Ian. We've almost reached the end of this latest Ipsasby audio podcast. Thanks to Ian, Lucy, Gwenda and Paul for their views today. And thanks to you, our listeners. The next Sasby meeting will be from December the 6th to December the 9th, 2016, in Stellenbosch, South Africa. This meeting will be preceded by the second meeting of Ipsasby's Consultative Advisory Group, the CAG, on December the 5th. Meetings of both the Ipsasby and the CAG are open, and members of the public may register as observers. More information is available on the Ipsasby website, www ipsasb.org. All audio podcast meeting highlights are available in the meetings section of the Ipsasby website, and listeners can find us on iTunes by searching for IFAC Accountancy Podcast. Listeners can also follow us on Twitter at IPSASB underscore news. I'm John Stanford. Thank you for listening and join us again in December.